You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. All right, guys, welcome back to session 18. This is our second to last session. So really excited for you guys to listen to this and also to join Rachel at the point she is at now. So we are at the point where she has just hired a nanny, just had her for the first week and is kind of getting back into the swing of things. So excited for y'all to see what has happened for her and also just really, really grateful to Rachel. I think, you know, she's just showing us such an important journey and like the toughest year ever. Right. And then also to, you know, be having her second child, adding what it's like to have two into the mix, bringing a nanny in all of these things. I think that happen outside of business, but very, very, very much impact business. And so just her sharing that piece of her journey and kind of the real, uh, behind the scenes of that just continues to be so special and so amazing to me. And I think it's just such a gift to other women that are going through the same or similar thing or have been there or who will go through that. And I'm just so, so, so grateful to her. So anyway, let's dive in. Second to last session. Here we go. All right. What's going on? Hi. Well, this was my first week with the nanny and back at work and it went a lot better than I thought it would. That's awesome. (laughs) That's such a relief, right? Excited about that. Yeah. It's funny. I was mostly worried about the baby, um, but it was actually my toddler who kind of had a harder time with it. It's like the first day she was super excited that the nanny was coming and then she kind of caught on that that meant that my husband and I weren't going to be around that much during the day. So the second two days were a little a little rough, but um, everything went well. It was nice to have time and also weird to like have time to sit alone in my office and get work done. Oh, I bet. <laughs> But but also great. Um, but yeah, I just find myself like having to get back into the groove and and having to be really disciplined about using the time I have because it's you know it's not that much. Um, and then I was even able to get some work done like miraculously on Friday. We don't have the nanny, but miraculously both kids were napping at the Ooh. same time. <laughs> And so I took advantage of that as well. So yeah, it's been it's been good. And it was a weird first week back, just, you know, weird in the sense of like I've been so used to, in maternity leave mode. Yeah. So this was the first week back. Well, and I think like it's not just that change, it's the change of how are the kids doing? How's the new nanny doing? Yeah. There's just like so many compounding factors at once, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and the sort of hard thing about it is I can hear everything that's going on mm. um, in the house. So like, and I really have to fight not like going and jumping in, mm-hmm. <laughs> just letting the nanny handle it. So I may need to start working with headphones on or something just so I can kind of drown out the the sounds I feel and like really focus. Noise canceling headphones are like a gift from heaven. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Definitely. (laughs) Kids or no kids. Like, I think they're just fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I need – I need some or I need to borrow my husband's. (laughs) For sure. But, like, you sound good. Like, all in all, good to kind of – be back in a in a new routine. Yeah, I was definitely nervous. It's funny. I was like as nervous as I would be if I was going back into an office, but I think I proved it to myself this week. Like, okay, I can still do yeah. this. <laughs> what were you most nervous about? Just kind of juggling it all or Yeah, definitely juggling it all and and also holding boundaries yeah. cuz I think I mentioned, I mean, I had my PR clients, the two agencies that I work with were reaching out to me the week before I came back from maternity leave. And one of them was like, hey, I know you're not technically back, but do you want to work on this project? And <laughs> it was the week of Thanksgiving. And I'm just like, no, thanks for thinking of me, but I'll see you next week. Yeah. Um, so just like the practice of saying no, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And I had like the promise I made to you in the back of my head this week as like opportunities for PR were coming up. And I know like how much time I want to be spending on that and and not, you know, booking more than I need to. So I definitely had that in my mind this week and, and turned a couple things down, which felt Oh, good. that's so good. <laughs> it's so yeah. interesting how... Um, you know, of course, a lot of it's a mindset thing, but sometimes it is a clarity thing because you're not guessing. You know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not like, oh, can I fit that in? You're like, no, like, I legitimately know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, so definitely. that's, like, really a gift as well. It is. It feels good. And, I mean, it feels good because I'm, I'm full enough on the PR side. I don't need to take anything else. And that feels good because I know that I can say no and and it's all going to be fine. And um, and then I also know like, okay, I have this time that I can spend on blissful budget now. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep that and honor that. So good. I think that that's like such a beautiful thing. Like I was thinking so much about um, you recently and just how, you know, like the gift is that like, you're still doing it, right? Like, I think like this Mm -hmm. would have been the easiest year and season of life to just kind of be like, you know what? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Nah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. so to be like, like I'm still moving forward. I still have content going out. I still am like preparing to launch a program. I still am like moving that forward in the midst of like the craziest year and maybe the craziest season of your life, right? Going from mm-hmm. one to to two and all of that without near as much support as you thought you would probably have on deck. I mean, it's just pretty amazing to just still be here doing this thing, right? Okay, so just really wanting to kind of reiterate, I I said this a little bit in the intro and Rachel and I talked about it slightly, but I just think it's so important to just give so much credit here for Rachel just being back at it and still moving this forward, right? In the absolute hardest year personally that she could really think of in many ways, right? Like adding her second child, being in the middle of a pandemic, all of those things, to just still be here, still showing up, still doing the work, still moving her business forward, I think is such a win. And I feel like, you know, I just want to normalize that both as coach and as client. Like, I feel like this work has been so important this year. And I'm so, so, so grateful that Rachel was her podcast guest for the 2020 uh, year that it has been. Because I think that so often we think it's only about 
how fast do we get this crazy big result? And those are amazing and great and I love that, but I just keep wanting to reiterate and I feel like what Rachel has been here to teach all of us is the idea that sometimes it's just staying in it and staying the course and continuing to pursue and go after your dream and your passion even and especially when it would probably be easier not to. So just wanting to give you all that reminder, I feel like I really can't say that enough, is that sometimes the absolute most epic one we could have is still staying committed to the thing that we want and are passionate about when it would be easiest not to. And so Rachel is just living proof of that and I'm so grateful to her and just sending you all that little love and reminder because we all need that. And I think, you know, again, both as coach and client. So I hope that serves you. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And especially this year, like it's already hard enough to go from one to two kids but then add a pandemic right. on top of it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, but I'm still doing it. You so. are so good. <laughs> cool. So tell me what's kind of on your mind. We um, had spoken in Basecamp a bit about money course, landing page, things mm-hmm. like that. I gave you some feedback yesterday. I'm not sure if you have time to look at it. Like just give me a brain dump of where you're at. Yeah. So definitely writing that landing page was sort of the highest priority on the list. So I can get that up and open a wait list for it. Um, and then I need to start writing some content uh, to start promoting it. Um, and I did get to look at your feedback and it, it's super helpful because I think where I get stuck sometimes is is like actually um, verbalizing the pain points and making sure I'm speaking to them and and so I feel like your feedback was super helpful um, for that. And then, you know, I think I just need to share more of my story, too, in there. Because um, I don't know that I really have, even on my website, I don't really have too much of my own story on there. So I need to make sure I'm I'm putting that in <laughs> as well. To be honest, I think that's going to be your biggest selling point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like, I could just go you know, take any big, whatever, like, we know who I'm talking about, but like big finance guys course Mm -hmm. or something. Right. But like, yeah, your selling point is that that didn't land for you. That wasn't the thing you figured out a different way to do it. And you figured it out in the context Mm -hmm. of like real life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I, plus you paid off like a ton of debt. You've like self-funded a maternity leave, like all of the results that came from it too. So I really think that, like, that has to be almost everywhere. Like, you know what I mean? And everything you're doing that needs to be part of it because that's what's going to make me want to buy from you over anyone else, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and that's what, you know, that's what's really going to resonate with people. And and that's that's the client I want. I mean, people like me. Right. (laughs) You know? So so that'll – I definitely – you know, want to fill that in. And I was even just thinking like for a second, I'm like, oh gosh, I need to write social copy. But really once I write the copy for the landing page, I can repurpose that into (laughs) social posts. And so that's. Look at you thinking about repurposing. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm learning. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. That's so good, but it's so true. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my clients even like, (laughs) I mean, this is like, so smart. Um, we just had her screenshot 
uh, pieces of her sales page, and she just shares it in stories often. Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Right? I love it. Yeah. So it's just like the, like, and you know, that's like, of course, been our theme with you too, is like, how do we just make it easy? Well, great. Like you write Mm -hmm. a killer sales page. Yeah. And then like you grab that copy, you share screenshots of it. You like, you know what I mean? And so it just gets easier and easier. But like, yeah, focusing on that core page is a really Mm -hmm. smart move because that can inform everything else. One little nugget that I just wanted to make sure that you take away here and that Rachel was so great to kind of give us and point out is just continuing to watch how much she has kind of evolved into this place of how do we make it easier? So even saying, oh, I realize that I'm just gonna turn my sales page copy into my social posts or my promo posts. That is the kind of thing that we're talking about in business where it's like, once I realize that it truly can be easy and that I can repurpose and all of that, then my brain starts to look for ways in which that's true. And so both lessons are important here. The first lesson of turn your sales page copy into social posts is very, very relevant. And the second lesson of start training your brain to look for ways to make things easier. Like, oh, I'm writing this whole sales page right now. What can we do to use all of this more? Right? And so both are really valuable here. We want to be using everything we're creating in multiple ways. And we want to really make that specific connection of your sales page copy is always best to turn into your social posts because not only does that make it easier for you, but it also creates alignment in what you're saying and congruency in what you're saying. So hope both of those nuggets serve you and are easy to implement in your business this week. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, I love it. So talk to me (laughs) about like the pain point piece a little bit, because I definitely agree with you that that's like kind of the other really big opportunity there. I think I just added, you know, like a lot more specific. So kind of talk to me Mm -hmm. about where that gets like a stuck point. Yeah. And I'm looking at your notes right now too. I think, um, yeah, I just, I don't know why really I get stuck there. I think I owe my overthink Mm -hmm. it a little too much or I might get too stuck in like I might go back to sort of the PR perfection piece of like I want it to sound good and and I think I can sound more like I'm talking to an actual person than writing like PR copy Mm -hmm. (laughs) for a page so I think that gets me a little bit stuck and and like I look at I look at the notes um that you sent and it's so much more relatable and like um I don't know, just just real, if that makes sense. <laughs> and so Yeah, totally. It's almost like it's one person selling something to another person versus like what you're mm-hmm. saying, right? I think, which is almost like the, you know, PR like uh what is it called? Um when you send a thing, um, like a release. Oh, like a pit a pitch, yeah. Like a pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Or a press saying. release. A press release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's press what I was thinking release, about, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, it's not – like, I think that that's a great way to think about it is, like, it can almost get too press release-ish. Yeah. Where it feels, yeah, like, impersonal yeah. or whatever versus, like, mm-hmm. we want it to feel like you, Rachel, are selling yes. to this other person, Lacey, or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I think I definitely get stuck in that, like, and especially since I am kind of toggling back and forth during the day oh my gosh, totally. <laughs> between PR and then and then this. It's like, okay, I've got to turn that off, and I can actually like talk like a person. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
on the website. And that's kind so. of a fun part, right? Because yeah. that's actually what's a little bit more natural, right? Like you probably have have gotten really in the flow of PR, so it feels mm-hmm. easier. But in terms of just like writing how, what you're thinking or writing to one person, that's actually more naturally how we tend to think. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It is. And, um, and yeah, I think, you know, some of it too is just, I think I, I tend to get almost too in the weeds on it and forget like, oh yeah, I can talk about how I self-funded my own maternity leave. And I could talk about like the ramen noodles and, you know, (laughs) feeling really restricted and all of that. I I think I, for like, I get so focused on like, okay, what, what is it about the the customer that I need to speak to versus like, okay, well, I had the, all the same pain points. So let me talk about what my pain points were and that's going to resonate with them. Totally. And like you've had clients too. And yeah. You've had sale, or you've had free calls this year. So exactly. Like yeah. One of the values of like doing those things too is that it should make this easier, mm-hmm. yeah. right? It's just kind of like taking a minute and we can even do that today, right? But it's mm-hmm. like just taking a minute to kind of remember to think about those, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's such a good point. Like I, <laughs> I've, I've dealt with other people's pain points yeah. uh, too. And so I can definitely draw from them and their experience also. One thing that um, also popped up for me quite a bit on that page that I think is just worth talking about, because it's basically what we're saying right now, which is like, Sometimes once we've already been through it, we're kind of quick to skip over the messy middle, mm-hmm. right? So we're like, well, I was, you know, 20K in debt and then I solved it and now all is well. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Kind of thing? Yeah. And like, that's good because we're showing the transformation, but sometimes it's a sticking point for our customer because where they are is that messy middle. And so when we skip over it, we miss that connection point. So one thing I really want you to take away that Rachel and I were talking about is this idea of telling the story of where your people are now. We so often in telling our stories, skip that messy middle. We're like, here's where I was, here's where I am, right? And that makes sense because of course we're selling and sharing the transformation. However, it's even more valuable to share that mess in the middle because that's where I'm at right? I know that I want to make a change. So I'm maybe past that point, but I still haven't made it. And so just really giving you that reminder that we so often skip that piece and it is yet the most impactful for many of our potential clients. And so just look at that in your own business this week, when you're telling your story, are you really focusing on that exact point where they are and talking a lot about that? Are you kind of quick to skip over that point in favor of that sort of full transformation. Again, it's so important to share the transformation, but lean into that place where they're at, lean into that mess in the middle. And I promise you it will resonate so much more deeply with your audience. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So tell me a little bit about that experience for you. Even let's just pull some goodness from there. Like what was that mess between like, okay, we're way in debt and I haven't been looking at our money and I like need Mm -hmm. to figure this out. Like to, okay, things are figured out. Like, what was that middle point? Yeah, I think, well, one thing that's coming up immediately um, that I think is a question I get a lot and a, and a pain point is, if I'm in debt, can I be saving money? Mm-hmm. And, and I shared about earlier 
you know, this year when we first started, I was, I was in credit card debt again. And, but I still managed to save money for my maternity leave. Yep. During that. So I could do both. So that's sort of, I mean, it's, it's being in, in the mess of it, but also is like, I figured out a way that I can keep paying down debt and, um, save up, save up the money for maternity leave. Um, but then going back to like originally when I kind of the real messy middle from when I was super in debt in my twenties, it was, um, you know, I'd overdraw my bank account and not know why. And, uh, Mm. I just felt really not in control of my money and I was making good money at the time, but just felt like I didn't know where it was going. Um, and I felt shame in that, I think. And, you know, it, it felt pretty crappy to overdraw my bank account and, uh, you know, bounce checks and things like that. <laughs> so, you know, it, it definitely felt like a mess, um, in the middle of it. Um, and it wasn't until I actually like sat down and, and wrote out exactly what I was spending my money on and put together a budget that I saw like, oh, okay, this is where, like, it became very clear where this is where I need to maybe move money over. And this is where I need to, to cut back a little bit. And, you know, at that point, I was sort of following the guy with the <laughs> who told me to only eat ramen noodles and mm-hmm. and not go out and when especially when you're in your 20s that's not so cool uh <laughs> totally it's also really interesting that you say that because it's also really unappealing to an entrepreneur yeah yeah because they're like well I do want to be able to do some stuff and I do want to be able to go to a conference or invest or whatever exactly. so that's actually super relatable right yeah yeah because and and as an entrepreneur you you almost have to do those things to right. to keep growing and and when you're you know it's it's going to hurt your business if you're not investing in those things you know or it has the potential to keep you stuck if you're not mm-hmm. you know investing in your continued education or you know continued growth for your company and so it's almost impossible not to invest money in your company and Right. So, and then also to like eat a meal out every now and then or take out now since we're not really eating out, but. <laughs> yeah, well, right. But even, even that I think is so relevant, right? Because it's like, I might need to get takeout if I'm like yeah. working on my business at night sometimes yeah. or whatever. Like, how can I balance all of that? So I think like, notice how valuable, like going back to your story and then mm-hmm. applying it here is like you just got loads and loads of content like yeah. are you like struggling between like taking time off work or taking time away from your business to like make a dinner for your family when you'd rather take out but you're not sure if you can or you mm-hmm. should or if that's the right place to spend or whatever right mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's so true I'm just writing this down <laughs> But those specifics are what get people. So much like I was talking about telling that story of the messy middle, here's another takeaway for marketing that's really important, which is that specifics are always the win. 
person. If there is one piece of feedback I give clients the most when I'm reviewing copy or content, aside from share more results, <laughs> right, is get specific. Where can we get more specific, right? So it's the idea of giving exact client examples, very specific personal stories, exact challenges that they're dealing with. Sometimes what we tend to do is kind of go broad, right? Like, so for Rachel, she, she was kind of tending to go broad on her sales page. Like, oh, you're struggling with figuring out your money. And I really challenge her to go deeper. Like you're feeling exactly like this. Like when you look at your bank account, this is what's happening in your brain. When you go to spend money, this is how you're feeling exactly. When I have been there, what I was struggling with most was this, right? That can change like slight interest in what you're selling into a conversion because I see that you fully get it and it is for me right where I'm at, right? Versus that general like, oh, you know, you're struggling to kind of like take control of your money. It's so easy for me to go, yeah, but it's different for me, right? The it's different for me thing is so present until we get into the specifics, right? Where it's like, oh wait, it's not different for me. Exactly what she said about when I look at my bank account is what I'm dealing with. Hmm, maybe I need this, right? So let that be a really important marketing takeaway for you and really challenge yourself in the way that we challenge Rachel is like, how can you get wildly specific, especially in all your promotional content? Because I promise it will make such a big difference. Yeah, that's really helpful. In fact, like that might be like a good challenge for you is like, how do I like every piece of content that I write around this course, like how can it be very specific, like mm -hmm. specific example, specific personal story? Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. I, I like that way of thinking about it. Um, and that also, I think that'll help me so much. It's like a good, I don't know, framework to keep going back to. Like, okay, how did I feel? And then how can I apply this to? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the magic of what you're doing mm -hmm. is that you've been there. And yeah. the only reason you're doing it is because you've been there. And so that yeah. becomes the kind of, you know, center point for everything you're doing mm -hmm. is, yeah, like I might apply it a little bit differently where I was worried about going out in my 20s and maybe you're worried about like ordering dinner as an entrepreneur, but like same fucking thing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, especially for the entrepreneurs who are moms on top of it all, it's like, right. I know I, we order out twice a week now because <laughs> totally. it's just for my own sanity and we build it into our budget and it's just a non-negotiable so right and like your VA is a non-negotiable and yeah. things like that right yeah. so I just think like the more you can talk about things like that like oh my gosh I think that would just help people mm -hmm. so much like my VA and two times a week take on our non-negotiables for me being a mom and running a business mm -hmm. like oh my god like say more like right yeah mm -hmm. yeah definitely <laughs> yeah and I know I tell you this every time but it's I have to. I can't mm -hmm. help myself. Um, <laughs> it's obviously all about me. No, I'm kidding. But um, I just don't think anyone's talking about this in our space enough. So the more you just get out there with those specifics, the mm -hmm. more people are going to be drawn to that. Everyone's talking about how to make it. Nobody's talking about what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And what you do with it is actually like the biggest differentiator of like 
the quality of your life. It's really not how much you make. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, it is interesting because we hear so much of like all the goals, like I want a six figure business or I want you know a million dollar business, but we don't, yeah, we don't hear what are you doing with it? (laughs) Mm -hmm. All that money, like, or, you know, even if, even if you're making like 2k a month, like, what are you doing with that money? So, oh my God, you don't have to do this, but I have to say this because it just like, oh my gosh, like hit me like so hard when you said that, like you could do like a podcast or interview series or whatever mm-hmm. called, what are you doing with it? It's funny. I've had that. I've had that thought before. <laughs> oh my God. I freaking love that. Um, yeah, I wanted to do it like either like that or like make, making it work. And so talking to people at different like levels of like, okay, how do you make it work? But I like, I like that idea. What do you do with it? <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> Cause we don't, I've told you this before, but I am obsessed with money diaries on refinery 29. Oh yeah. Yeah. Obsessed. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I'm putting this out there. One of my like biggest goals is like, I just want to be on their podcast, but, um, <laughs> Mostly because I love them. But anyway, like, I find that so fascinating because it's really just, like, it's someone else's money diary. But, like, to actually have commentary on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? So, like, what are you doing with it? And then let's talk about why and how and all of that kind of stuff. Like, I really think that that would be so, so epic in terms of sharing why that matters and like really building out that um kind of message in our mm-hmm. industry so much more, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's so needed and it's really not out there. Um so now I need to go trademark it so nobody takes that idea. Yes. Of course. <laughs> so in talking about the podcast that Rachel was considering and the sort of like overarching message of that. What I want you to take away from that is it's such a smart idea because it's a message that Rachel is challenging in our industry. And that is so valuable and so important. And that's where you can really step into thought leadership. So Rachel's really challenging the idea that it's just about how much you make and not actually about what you do with it and saying, actually, it's more about what you do with it than what you make. And that becomes such a beautiful opportunity to really take hold of a message, to really become a thought leader, to really give people a different lens to look through. And so my challenge to you, if you're listening to this, is to ask yourself, what message are you challenging in your industry, right? Like I feel like the message I challenge in our industry is around one-on-one and personalized support and how you can build a whole business model around that. Another message I challenge is that there's one way to do something and that there's just some perfect steps and that it's not messy and personalized and all of this kind of stuff, right? So that's almost why Literally was built as a challenge to the messaging in this industry of like, I'll just do a podcast and tell you five perfect things to do, right? So do you see what I mean? When you can really build something out that challenges a message that exists and really supports what you believe in and what you're moving to and what you want to be a thought leader around, people want to pay attention to that. We want to hear the other side. We want to be informed. We want to come with you, right? So 
ask yourself that question this week. What message are you challenging in your industry and how are you doing it? And I bet you will be very excited when you think about it in that way and will want to go speak to it, write to it, share content around it even more. <laughs> and, you know, think about like, how could you find an easy way for yourself to start that even? Like, yeah. you know, the thing I love about it being some kind of like audio series or interview or whatever is like, you have the nanny now, like you batch that one day mm-hmm. and it's done for the month, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I'm lucky that I know a lot of entrepreneurs already yep. and, at, and yep. they're at different levels and different, you know, income levels and and so I could easily set that up and, and get it done. Ooh, the I'm reason excited. I really like that too is because that can become almost like this kind of um, – core thing that keeps leading to the course and mm-hmm. that's what you really want to sell. And then obviously what we've been talking about this whole time is like, how do you build up enough interest so that when you're ready to go back to one-on-one, it's there. And so this could be that, right? Yeah. Like this could send people to a course. This could build up, you know, maybe they have to opt in for the interview or maybe they don't, maybe they have um, a, a little opt-in off the interview, but like, how do I build up that interest for when mm-hmm. I'm ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. It's so funny you said that because I think that's been like an idea on my mind for a long time, like a podcast and and definitely speaking to, to that, to how are people spending their money? <laughs> yeah. And like, I think, I personally think that that is the, like we were saying, like the greatest determiner of like how successful or good you actually feel. Mm-hmm. It's not really how much you make. And yeah. so- even like having that frame, like, oh, okay, like, like maybe, you know, we have the, the converse of that. Maybe it's someone making 50K that's spending it in a way that feels really good. Maybe mm-hmm. it's someone that was making 200 and they got themselves in debt and here's what that looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. So I think it shares that important message of like, th- this isn't just like a curiosity factor, although I think people really like that and it would be like an, a huge interest point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of like literally is, you know, yes. like it's the, it's the like almost, um, you know, reality TV-esque kind of thing, right? Yeah. Well, it's like peeling back the curtain. Right. People wonder like, well, what happens in a coaching session? And then they really get to hear it. And then, I mean, we don't talk about money in our society really at all right. other mm-hmm. than how to, how to make money. And so it's like really like the seat, it's like, oh, I get to peek in at this person and, and what they're doing and, and then finding other people who are like you and, and getting ideas from like, okay, well, this person's making about the same amount and they seem really happy. What are they doing? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. I also think that it gets to be, um, which this is incredibly privileged and whiny, but it is what it is. <laughs> I think that as people make a lot more, it gets really overwhelming as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like it it's it becomes this whole new world where it's like, well, what am I supposed to do with it? Right? right. And so like having that conversation too, I think all of it combined would be really useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I like that. That would be an interesting, interesting podcast or interesting um episode as well is just is talking to somebody maybe who like made money really fast and how that felt also because you know especially in 
being an online entrepreneur, there are the people who do go from from making like 1K a month to 10K a month really fast. And that yep. can sometimes be jarring. <laughs> so, Oh my gosh. Yeah, totally. So basically, just being <laughs> <laughs> that this is what people want to know, but then you present the solution for what they should do with yeah, it, right? And yeah. so I think that that's a really nice click in here. And I think it very much centers around the conversation we were having where they need to hear your story. Maybe they need to hear other people's stories. We need to normalize this more. Mm -hmm. So it feels like not just like a nice to have investment, but more like a a necessity investment. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, I need to figure out what I'm doing with it. Like, that's the most important thing I could figure out. And like, that's where I think the gap still is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that does. That does. I think most people are thinking about it the opposite way right now in our space, mm-hmm. which is let me make all of it, then I'll worry about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And so, just that conversation of like, this is more important actually, mm-hmm. and here's why, and let me show you through these conversations and these stories instead of, and this is what's cool, right? Through this really rigid, masculine right. structure right. that's based on like, you know, going without and all of those Mm -hmm. things, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I like how you put that and (laughs) it definitely is like the masculine kind of muscle through (laughs) approach. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that point of like, you need to know what you're going to do with your money before you're making it. And and I think we all do it in the opposite way of like, okay, what do I made my money for the month? Now what? (laughs) Instead of right. like, instead of like, okay, I know here's my plan and I know exactly what I'm gonna do once it comes in. So Absolutely. And that's even a exercise I have my clients do sometimes is like, what does your like ultimate life look like and what would be the budget associated with that? Like what yeah. what would you do how much would things cost, you know, in your perfect like if you could have everything you wanted and and kind of looking at like, okay, that that's what that would look like. So, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, and like, of course, you could always do so- solo episodes mm-hmm. on something as well, where like you maybe jump in with an episode on that, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Cool. What do you think about that for real? For real, like, obviously, great idea. But what do we think about implementation of that? I, I'm really excited about the idea and I think, I mean, I have all the equipment to do it. I think, (laughs) (laughs) I think there's some stuff. You kind of know how, you know, you know, like the, the flow, you know, where you're going to record it. You got the mic, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's easy, you know, everything's over zoom now anyway. So most people I talk to are already familiar with it. Um, I think, well, and this is something else we can talk about. I think I might need help on kind of the production side because I I don't have a lot of, you know, I may need to bring somebody in to actually help with the editing and all of that because mm-hmm. I could try to do it myself, but it's going to take so much longer. Um, but on I'm losing my VA. Uh, oh, no. So I could find somebody – a VA who has podcast skills or mm-hmm. I could hire somebody separately. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think it could be doable, but I'm definitely going to need to hire somebody to help. 
here's here's what I would say, and we can talk about the VA thing mm-hmm. too, but the reason, like, for literally we have to have a really fantastic podcast editor, mm-hmm. shout out, well, he's amazing, um, <laughs> but it's because we do so many clip-ins. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. If what I really recommend to a lot of my clients that aren't doing that is to kind of take a one-pass, no-edits approach. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I.e., like, where a lot of, like, old-school podcasting is, like, you edit out pauses and hums and mm-hmm. all of that kind of crap that, like, doesn't matter in my opinion. Like, I, it's not what I'm buying from you, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't care if you say – I mean, I say, like, every other word. I don't – nobody cares because that's not – they're not buying, like, a public speaking course. Right, right, right. right. Mm-hmm. So – Point being is, like, all you would really need is someone to clip in an intro and an outro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that that kind of gets it done for you. And, like, that's all they're there for. Like, they're not there for perfection. Right, so, right. Um, my point in saying that is I think it could be less intense, less cost prohibitive than it sometimes seems initially. Quick takeaway here from our conversation about the podcast is this idea of one pass, no edits. And I really wanted to speak to it because it is truly life-changing. Most of my clients that have started something that I have said that to have just felt this immediate weight lifted off their shoulders in the biggest way. Because what most of us think when we think of a podcast recording and editing is that We should re-record it several times to make sure it's right. We should get all the hums and likes and ums and ahs edited out of it. All of that kind of stuff, right? Even when I'm recording these clip-ins, I have a one-pass, no-edit approach because of that reason. Like, I want it to feel like this is something easy and accessible for me to do. And if I say like too much or if I stumble on my words, I trust that you guys love that about me, right? I trust that you love that I'm a human and that I'm imperfect and that I'm still doing it anyway. And I trust that you will feel congruent when we are in a coaching session together because I will stutter and say, hmm, and um, and like, and all of these things, right? And so just permission and freedom to do the one pass, no edits thing. Even if you're recording content, we're so quick to think that it's only good if we re-record it several times or get it perfect. And it stops us from creating more. The reason I can have two podcasts right now is because I run both of them that way. When I do a solo episode for Literally, I do it once. No edits. If I mess up, I keep going. Same for Happy Thoughts. And it's what makes it so I can do all of that. If I was re-recording, stopping, fixing every time, and then you know, paying a podcast editor to go through and fix all of that as well, it would just become overwhelming, right? And when it becomes that overwhelming, what do we do? We want to stop. So I really, really want to challenge you on that. No matter what you're doing, even if it's an Insta story, whatever it is, right? One pass, no edits. Really train yourself to stop getting in that mode of there must be a better version of this. I must need to say it differently and kind of just trust that your audience likes you as you are and they're not looking for the next best version of it. And especially because these things are, you know, valuable and important in your business, but you know, they're certainly not like the core content of your business. Like 
this episode is amazing, but I mean, you know, it's gonna be here and gone, so to speak. That Insta story is great, but it's done in 24 hours. So really give yourself this permission and watch how much easier it is to do things in your business and then also to create more from there. That's good to know. Yeah. So what's going on with the VA? So understandably, she is um, paring down her clients and really focusing on people who need more hours than I need a month. Um, So I've asked her, I think I have her through the end of this month, um, but I've asked her for recommendations because she also has a team now. And so she's going to recommend some folks and then I'll probably reach back out to Sarah um, and see if she has any folks in mind, um, mm-hmm. especially just knowing like if I can get somebody who knows how to do a clip in and clip out for podcasting, that would be great. Um, mm-hmm. So I just don't think I have enough work right now to keep the VA on at the hours you know she wants to right. to have clients mm-hmm. for, and I totally understand that. Like I completely respect her decision and she's been really great and um so yeah it's it's kind of stinks to have to go back to the drawing board with a VA again but maybe I can find somebody um you know who 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 knows a little bit more about the podcasting world and and hopefully somebody who can grow with me too so Definitely. And like, listen, like the great thing is, and this is like always what's so cool to remember is like, you have really set up a great process with her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not like haphazard. It's not like you're just randomly throwing stuff at her all the time. Like all of those things, right? Right. Like, you know exactly what you want. Mm -hmm. You know the exact kind of like process that you need someone to come in and take. And so I think that that's just really nice to remember, which is like it's – it, of course, is about having a good person, but it's not like she's the one that right. is holding the whole process. Like you can easily, easily have someone else step into it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel I feel good about it. I think, you know, I'll feel better once I have the new person in place, but uh, I know it's doable and – and luckily, you know, we weren't in the weeds on a lot of things either. So it'll be an easy transition. So very good. Yeah. That's very good. Okay, cool. So you're going to work on hiring someone else and then obviously like potentially asking if they have um, experience. What I think is interesting is I think like one of the big things you've really – you know, done well with and kind of like fully embraced, right? Um, this this season is just like that consistency, like how we talked last time of like, even if you're repurposing the same stories, the consistency mm-hmm. matters so much, that kind of thing. And so that's why I think something like whatever it is, like a really consistent interview series on IGTV or a mm-hmm. podcast or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Although I think we're leaning to podcasts yeah. in, in a sense of ease for you with with what you already have set up mm-hmm. and not having to be on video. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that just provides that same thing. So it's like a stack, right? So it's like, okay, my IG stuff keeps going out. My content keeps going out. And are we stack on top of it with just this podcast? And people are listening to that. Like there's no way my course doesn't sell if I pitch it on mm-hmm. every podcast episode. If people get into the course, like I know a percentage are going to convert to one-on-one. And so you're setting up this really, really solid funnel for yourself there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like. What do you think? No, I like that. I mean, it feels it feels doable, and we've talked about stacking before. And I think, yep. you know, mm-hmm. in the past, I wasn't stacking. <laughs> I was just <laughs> trying to do do all of the things with the Facebook group, and I forget what else I had going on that I ended up cutting. <laughs> but I just had too much. I think that's why I've been like a little nervous about even bringing up the idea of a podcast because I'm like. Is Lacey just going to think I'm looking at a new shiny object? Mm. <laughs> but but you're right. I mean, it all kind of funnels in. And it, it all it all does stack on top of each other. And Well, I think that the kicker there and the difference between am I just jumping to something else or is this a great move mm-hmm. is can I solidly keep everything else going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a hard yes, right? Because you have that process down with your VA. That's really locked in. Mm-hmm. Plus, you just got the nanny, so you have more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, definitely. like, you really just opened a door mm-hmm. where you keep that going. You stack a podcast on top of it, and then things really start to, to shift, right? Okay, so I want to talk about stacking with this podcast. And how Rachel isn't just like doing another thing, but is being really strategic. So she kind of, you know, mentioned like wondering like, oh, could I think about doing a podcast or is that just jumping ship? And the reason it is different for me, and I said this to Rachel, but it's important to reiterate and I'll give you some context here, is that because it is a stack and not a shift. So you guys have all heard me talk about stacking versus shifting a lot. So Rachel has really finally gotten to the point in her business, which is so beautiful, where she can do a stack. Like her VA system is working really good. Even if she has to get a new VA, it's not a problem because the system works, right? Her ability to create content is there. She knows she can make more video. Like all of that is in place. And so it's an opportunity to stack, right? But we want to stack with something that really makes sense. That's not just more to do more, right? But her having a podcast that really challenges this message in the industry and gives people a new way to look at things that eventually leads them to buying is wildly useful to her, right? It supports all the things she's already doing. And it's the most accessible in terms of what kind of time she has and what she's available to create. So for all of those reasons, this stack makes a ton of sense. So I really wanna illustrate that because what we so often do is shift. Like, okay, I'm gonna do the podcast, so I'm gonna let go of all these videos and Insta stories I've been making. No, I'm gonna do all that, and then I'm gonna add the podcast on top of it, and then I'm gonna watch how much faster people warm up. I'm gonna watch how much quicker people get invested in this message and then convert, right? So think about that in your own business. It is not jumping ship to add something else, but make sure you're doing it really strategically. Make sure it's the easiest next step for you. Make sure it really serves a purpose that you want it to and then stack it on top of what you're already doing. Definitely. I mean, if you had suggested this three months ago, I would have been like, you're nuts. <laughs> Get right. the fuck yeah. out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's all, it all feels very doable now. I agree. <laughs> and I think, you know, this is, this is such a smart thing for you where I feel like it would be almost easier to just go right back to taking on one-on-one mm-hmm. and it's not that you can't shortly dive into that but I think like if you were like let me get this course out there because that's almost ready to go mm-hmm. let me get 
this podcast up and running. And from that point, then I start adding Mm one-on-one back in. Yeah. Right? Because you're at a place where that that is doable. It's not like you need a one-on-one client tomorrow. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely doable. And I mean, I I could even – it just popped in my head while you were talking, just putting up a wait list too for one-on-one. Um, yep. Because I'm not taking one-on-one clients right now. And and yeah, the priority is definitely getting the course out there. And then I love the podcast because that's going to generate interest not only for the course, but also for working with me one-on-one. So I love it. Also, you're great at PR. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right? Yes. So, like, you yeah. could be doing some PR for your own podcast yeah. eventually and stuff mm-hmm. like that, too. So, like, that really is a cool thing to think about as well. Yeah, yeah it definitely is. Um, that's the nice thing about having the PR background is I know how to pitch myself to podcasts and um, and having a little more time. Like, once once I get the course launched and, and the podcast started – like pitching myself is easy. <laughs> so Yeah. And well, and you know I'm a huge fan of pitching to other podcasts, mm-hmm. but I was even thinking like pitching yourself to like some other like media opportunities yeah, that yeah. feature your podcast, right? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because who doesn't want to know what you're doing with exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I haven't really seen anything like it. So No, yeah. I think it's amazing. I I think like, you know, like I was saying, Money Diaries is the closest it comes, Mm -hmm. but there's no necessarily like commentary on why or Mm -hmm. what else someone should take away from that. Or it's it's more like a curiosity than a learning. So what I like about this is that it fills both of those cups, not just one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> okay, yeah. so course, what what are we thinking timeline wise there? Because obviously that impacts what you do podcast wise. Oh, let me just say one more thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> let me write this down. One little challenge I would give you. I also have like a whole podcast to do list, blah blah blah, that I can send Ooh, you. But one great. little challenge I would give you is um, just start recording a couple, mm-hmm. even if you're not going to use those. Okay. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. But, like, see how you like it is kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, okay, that was really fun and easier. Oh, okay, that was actually, like, not as enjoyable as I thought it was going to be or whatever. But just, like, get a couple under your belt. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had clients go both ways. I had one client do that, and she was like, I thought I would love it, and I tried it three times, and I fucking hated it. Like, I'm a no. And it was so <laughs> useful. Mm-hmm. Right? And I've had the opposite where a client was like, I don't know if I'm really going to like it. Let me try. And she did a few and was like, I'm meant to do this. Like, how do we do this? <laughs> so anyway, like, just getting your feel. I mean, obviously – um, you kind of already do in terms of literally, but I think mm-hmm. like diving a little deeper on that would be useful. Yeah, definitely. I love it. Okay. I will do that. Okay. So course, tell me about that. So the course, um, I just need to record some videos. I already know the platform I'm using for it and I really have the content already. It's just about, I just need to reorganize some of the content. So I'm hoping I can record um, some videos over the next two weeks and then really work on uh, over the holidays, just kind of getting everything up online. Um, So I'm hoping to have it all done by that first week of January. 
Um, and then I just need to think about when I need to really start pushing it. Cause I'll start promoting the wait list once I get the, the copy edited and the page made. Um, but I really, I think my goal is to have it up by the 4th of January so that people can start buying. That is so exciting. Yeah. yeah. I'm really excited. <laughs> that is so exciting. I think, so to just timeline this out, like I think this month could be about hiring the VA, mm-hmm. the new VA mm-hmm. and getting, um, just some podcast test recording done and then the course or, and the video course videos done. Mm-hmm. Jan is about kind of getting the course out there and maybe starting to move forward on podcast stuff. And then Feb could be podcast launch basically. Love it. Love it. <laughs> How good does that feel? That feels great. That feels really exciting. And then I what love I love it. about that too um, and if you've started that one-on-one wait list, then maybe, you know, end of Feb, early March, you're like, okay, let's open that up now because some people will have already gone through the course, mm-hmm. podcasts will be running, new VA will be on deck. And so like you have a, a point to shoot for, but you're not like, okay, it has to happen mm-hmm. next month. You're like, I'm going to get all of this locked and loaded before I take that on again. So when I take that on, it fits in the time around this instead of vice versa. Mm -hmm. Because that's what can happen to people sometimes, right? Is that then they start taking the clients and then they lose the time for marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's nice for you where like all the marketing channels are set up. The podcast is up and running. The course is evergreen and, and ready. The um, VA is on deck. Now I'm, I know, okay, well, I have four hours that these people can slot into. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. That. What do you think about that? Does that feel too far away or does that feel good? No, that feels really good. Um, cause I know March will be here before I know it. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, I've learned that like this year time moves. Time seems like it moves slow, but it's really moving very fast. Like we're already in December. This year's almost over. So Isn't that wild? Yeah, yeah it's it's crazy. Um, and I can't believe we're almost done. And yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> it really is. It really is. I uh my team, I've been telling them I wanted to do a holiday giveaway. And then they kind of asked about it last week. And I was like, I mean, we have time. And then I, they were like, um, so it's December 1st. <laughs> I was like, oh, yep, yep, it sure is. So yeah, I feel you. It has been a wild year. And then it feels like the end is, is just sprinting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I think that probably what makes sense, and you tell me if this soul's good, is that I want you to kind of just sit with all this, maybe even try one practice episode between now and the next time we talk just Mm to get a feel, you know, for like, did that feel good? Did I like that? That kind of thing. And then um, next session, since it's our last session, we can really kind of get very particular with mapping those things out. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking course stuff, podcast launch, one-on-one open, like we can kind of really build you out like a three to four month plan there. That sounds Mm -hmm. good. That sounds really good. With like literally specific weeks and stuff, Mm -hmm. just so you can kind of have that off your brain. (laughs) I love that. Yes. Anything off my brain is a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Get it off. Get it off. Yes, exactly. Um, And that way too, like whatever VA – 
um, you end up onboarding, you can really share that with them right away. Yeah. Like here, here's what we're doing for the next few months. Here's what this looks like. Let's roll. Perfect. Yeah, that sounds great. I love that plan. I'm so excited for <laughs> me you. Too. Me too. Thank you. I really like this idea. I do too. I love it. I'm I'm really psyched. <laughs> so awesome. Okay, cool. Oh, and um. Okay, let me just make sure I put that down for you too. Uh, I think not to to rush you, but I do think like getting a one on one waitlist up, yeah, sooner rather than later. Given that we know the timeline is long now, is probably something I would okay. put pretty high on the priority list. Okay. Especially as you're getting back out there now and stuff, I think you'll probably have questions around that. So just having a place to send people is easier. Okay. That sounds good. Beautiful. Cool. Any other questions? Anything coming up there? I don't think so. If I think of any, I'll, I'll ping you. Okay, good. I'm so all proud right. of you. Yay. So Thank I'll put all you. this in. You also sit with any questions that come up. We'll get you on a calendar next week and then we'll go from there. Sounds good. Thank Beautiful. you. Beautiful. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset, strategy, and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.